Listeners, readers, thanks for tuning in to this boxed page recommendation, where in about five minutes, I will convince you whether you should or maybe should not read a given text. Today, I am talking about Ellen Hildebrand's Summer of 69. So some of you might be slightly uh, you know, surprised that I am uh, diving into something that looks, you know, like the best of chiclet meets beach reads. And I have said myself in many a seminar that I just am a little suspect about bestsellers. Anything that is uh, a little too frothy and a little too beachy, really, uh, never quite appeals. And yet, I am a huge fan of Ellen Hildebrand. This is, well, I mean, this is the second book that I have read by her, but I really, really enjoy them. I also really love Leanne Moriarty. I went through a gigantic Danielle Steele phase when I was in high school. So what I will say about Ellen Hildebrand in particular, also Leanne Moriarty, is that this is a very talented writer. This is someone who is writing a book that is frothy and that is really plot driven. But honestly, this book is so delectable. It, there is really something for everyone here. There is a family. It's obviously set in the summer of 69, but you have one woman who's pregnant and you have a, you know, a younger girl who's kind of like Margaret and are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. And you have the matriarch who's worried about the son who's just been shipped off to Vietnam. And speaking of Vietnam, it's this book in particular is an excellent distillation of that summer. Uh, I like to think it was a great summer because it was the summer I was born. But it was so interesting to read through this novel and realize what what turmoil. I mean, obviously, I knew that there was a lot of turmoil, but with um, you know, with the recent killing of Martin Luther King and with Bobby Kennedy and with the Vietnam War dragging on. I mean, it just it it was really interesting to put these things in context. You all uh, who have been watching the seminars also know that sometimes I'm suspicious of historical fiction. And I did have to laugh that this book, which is about the summer I was born, is uh, historical fiction, technically. And I understand that because 1969 was 53 years ago. It's avoiding a lot of the pitfalls of historical fiction, which are where everything seems a little artificial or a little sort of too convenient or sort of too historical in some way. So she she's talking about the timelessness. All, all of her books take place on Nantucket. This one is Nantucket and Boston and Martha's Vineyard. Uh, but but there's a there's a timelessness to those places, and she acknowledges how uh, appealing that is. But there is also this very clear sense of the late '60s, early '70s. Well, it's not the early '70s yet, but a lot of the stuff that she talks about sort of spills over. And I had such a good time hearing about tree torns and warachi sandals, and you know, uh, back when they would make the Caesar salad with the egg at your table, all of those sorts of old school things that that really were nostalgic for me in a way that that was really well done. Also, though, you know, if you happen to be 25 and picking up this book, none of it feels too far away, and it's it's certainly relatable. The other thing that I really loved about this book and all of Ellen Hildebrand is that Ellen herself, I don't know her, but she is clearly very well read. One of the characters in this book very handily happens to be a former high school English teacher and someone who wishes that she were pursuing literature. So there's so many intertexts. It ends up feeling very smart and you understand why some of the prose feels really well executed because this is someone who is, is very knowledgeable and there are lots of 
um, you know, as a, as a reader, I love this. There are lots of references to what books people are reading and which books were formative for different people. And so there's this nice sort of shorthand that Hildebrand takes, uh, takes advantage of. Also, and more importantly than the mentions of actual books, you do just get a sense of, of someone who's really in good control of her prose. And it's prose that, that's very sort of clear and you don't get, you know, it's, it's not experimental and there isn't sort of a, a, you know, some sort of a crazy narrative stance. But in fact, it's a narrator who very deftly moves through all of these different people. And again, in that way, really provides something for everyone. Um, but in true to form, this is a book where it is a real page turner, not in like a thriller sense, but you really are invested in these characters because they're well drawn, but there's a lot happening, a lot of plot. Every single one of these people has a major story arc and, and we really get to know the whole family and we get to sort of play the different characters off of each other. There's some nice dramatic irony where we know things that the characters don't know. It's just really uh, just delightful to read. So I'm gonna read three kind of um, shorter-ish sentences just to give you a sense of why in fact this is so delightful. One of the things that she does that I love is there's a lot of reference to music and songs. And that's something that I sometimes have a hard time with because it, often if it's a song that I don't know, then it just feels kind of jarring and I, and I feel a little sort of um, you know out of step with the novel. But these are all very apt and very sort of well-chosen, and, and also it feels very familiar. I'm going to read the first line here. It's from the prologue. It says, Fortunate Son. That's the, the chapter title. When the selective service notice comes for Tiger, Kate's first instinct is to throw it away. Surely this is every American mother's first instinct? Pretend it got lost in the mail. Buy Tiger a few more weeks of freedom before the U.S. Army sends another letter by which time this god-awful war in Vietnam might be over. You know, she's really getting right to the heart of the matter here. I mean, this is, this is literally life or death. Very quickly we realize that, that this mother figure, Kate, has some real secrets and they're pretty juicy and all sorts of different things unfold. I mean, this is, again, uh, there is a lot of plot in this novel. And um, Hildebrand is so good at managing it because you, you're not confused or lost, but there is a lot of twists and turns. I'm going to read two other short uh, you know, snippets for you. Again, we have a whole different cast of characters. And honestly, I would be so, each time I would turn the page and start again, I'd be like, oh my gosh, wait, I'm so happy that we're back with this pregnant woman or oh my gosh I'm so glad that we're back with the you know rebel hippie on Martha's Vineyard so th there is a real sense of distinct voices and the diction is not only true to the time but also really well done in terms of sort of um, being true to the person who is speaking I think this kind of gives you a sense of the kind of drama and tension that you're getting even kind of in the middle of, of a, a, a chapter the expression on Angus's face wasn't one she remembered seeing before he looked caught he looked guilty of something and then blair noticed he was in a state of disarray his tie askew his suit jacket misbuttoned and his hair must blair blinked so i think that is so good i mean this is it's fairly kind of predictable what's happening in this scene this is a husband wife um i'm gonna just leave it at that but it's it's like this Blair Blinked thing at the end. Is it's just the right amount of of uh, you know literary quality, but also some really uh, pretty juicy things happening. 
So one of the the appeals, I think, and and this is something that Ellen Hildebrand is really sort of. Um, I was going to say cashing in on, which is actually true, but also it's just something that that she really knows well, and it's a real cornerstone in all of her books, is just sense of place. She really does transport us well into these really rarefied and, and just kind of really appealing settings. So this is one of the daughters who's settling in to her new uh, boarding house on uh, Martha's Vineyard. The attic room is, as one might expect, spacious and dusty. The sides of the room slant with the roof, but there is still sufficient space for a double bed, a dresser, a wardrobe, a standing fan whose steel blades create a welcome breeze, and the promised sink with a tiny round mirror nailed above it. So I love this. Um, to me, this actually rem reminded me very much of my summer camp because of the tiny mirror nailed above a, a, a small sink. But there, there is a sense of um, of nostalgia here just for youth and for this idea of, of like a little garret, you know, some sort of a little getaway, some little attic room for the summer that, that just has the bed and the dresser and, and the fan and um, a sense of independence and a sense of sort of burgeoning life. So I, I really... Um, I'm just, I'm excited to recommend to anyone who's interested in a, in a good beach read. This is really an excellent, excellent book. So, happy reading. <laughs>